This is an AMI podcast. Autumn carries more gold in its pockets than all the other seasons. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amadin. This quote is because, yes, it is fall. Figuratively, definitely not officially, but it feels like fall and it's just so beautiful. And the word gold is what really stuck out to me in this quote. I read a few quotes after this one and just kept coming back to this to feature because it's true. There's this nice, shiny, but not so over ecstatic feel about having colors in autumn the fall colors as we call them are just so beautiful and i'm I'm, this is coming from a colorblind person putting my hands up there that it's totally not something i see but something i feel so jim bishop thank you for this quote i just love describing fall i love hearing descriptions of fall and they're so fun they're of course colorful and it feels also like this cocoon of a season that wraps itself around us, uh, getting us prepared for the winter, warming us up, not exactly feeling like hibernation yet, but you're really feeling that toast in the air. And of course, not to mention all the gratitude, all the harvesting, all the prep for love of the fall and winter months, because we're going to continue with that love. Now, Let's take a look at the CELA homepage. We like to take a glance at the featured titles at celalibrary.ca. And this is the Center for Equitable Library Access. Ashfall Prophecy by Pita Siyuz Lore. And this is an adventure stories. We're not going to take a look at this book today, but hint, hint, next week we might have a pause or play on it. The Queer Evangelist by Sherry DeNovo. This is an LGBTQ plus biography. Twice a Quinceanera by Damel Side Mendez. This is a contemporary romance, and that's it for the featured titles. Before we get to our guest of the day, Nizreen, let's talk about something that's trending, a little bit of a collaboration and definitely news in the audiobook world. Yeah, so I'm a Spotify user, so I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, We're talking about how Spotify is in the process of launching their audiobook service soon. And The Hollywood Reporter stated it is going to be a trial and test phase initially before the company commits full-time to audiobooks. The streaming service provider had earlier stated that they are pooling in resources to diversify into the hot new audiobook and podcasting business because, you know, that's that's what's hot now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, The company has been offering podcast services since the fall of 2018, and they've They've seen an upscale on that. So I'm, I'm wondering, would you shift to Spotify for uh, audiobook services eventually? Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying this with the confidence that no matter how many music streaming services there are, uh, I've been a Spotify person and I've never switched over since then. I don't know if it's just a comfort thing. I don't like change. But anyways, yeah. Spotify works for me. They're quite accessible. Uh, even with contrast, I'm a fan. So if I were to get my dose of audiobooks through Spotify, why keep switching platforms? Might as well keep it all in one and stick to Spotify for audiobooks as well. Right now, the two most apps 
three if you include Netflix. The two most apps used on my phone are Spotify and Audible. So if I could just stick all that into one place, I'm not loyal, man. I'll uh, I'll switch over. <laughs> I'm not loyal. I, I honestly I feel like it would be so much easier just at the end of the day one streaming service and I feel like Spotify is so easy to use. It is like, overall. So I just I'm very confident that this would be a success eventually. So um I think uh I think a lot of people would be excited about this change. I think so too. Um we're keeping our fingers crossed if you're a fan of Spotify and a fan of audiobooks, we're keeping our fingers crossed on that bigger picture level of let's keep audiobooks moving. Let's get it out there, spread the love, get everybody on board because they believe in the success and the marketing and the business of audiobooks. Um I'm honestly so psyched that you know even though they say testing, yeah, 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 bear with caution. Um, I think that it's wonderful that Spotify is leaping on board. And I'm honestly a little bit surprised that they haven't done it sooner. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know either. But anyway, we'll keep posted on this one, right, Niz? Because it's a big news story. I will bring it back. Awesome. Well, not sure how you feel about books feeling lost in translation, but our guest for this week, Peter Setsani's host of Peter's Book Club, is going to express his love for reading books in other languages. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And if you want to give us your recommendations, because we love highlighting those, uh, give us a call, 1-866-509-4545. You can also email us, feedback at ami.ca. So I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan, and let's get into another audiobook review chat with an avid audiobook listener. We're opening up the space because we love to check in with all of you, our community and avid audiobook listening uh, or listeners. Peter Satsanis is the person joining us today. We welcome him in. He's the host of Peter's Book Club, uh, which is shared widely by the Toronto Visionaries, and um, we love to check in with our friends who run book clubs because this is how we get the community together. Peter, thank you for coming on Audiobook Review. How's it going? Thank you for the invitation. It's going uh, It's going okay. We're, we're back to in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too many are coming out. Uh, I guess the COVID is still a, a problem with some of us, but um, but it's uh, it's going well. And how does it feel to host in person? I guess, you know, covid and all that in mind as well but versus running something virtually especially for book club do you have a you know well, reason you know, for keep it, going well obviously we did it for about two and a half years uh, now well two two and something uh virtually yeah and uh, it works well but there are uh, many types of um uh, difficulties with uh the audio the uh equipment and and so on and uh, we always encounter background noise, that kind of thing. So it is really a problem um, doing it um, um, virtually. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the, that's the main thing. That's why we decided maybe it's time to go back. But again, you know, COVID is not over and, uh, and people are somewhat hesitant to uh, come back. Of course, of course. But uh, probably um, after the, this meeting next week, uh, 
we probably will go back virtually for at least for the winter months. It's kind of a trial and error situation, right? With any kind of um, hangouts, socials, gatherings, meetings, uh, being able to say, okay, sh- is it? are we ready to go back in person? And then, like you're saying, to take the step back again and say, maybe we're not. Um, but nonetheless, you're gathering a bunch of people to talk about books. How often do you guys meet? Uh, we meet uh, once a month, uh, uh, except for... Uh, um, July and uh, December, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the third our third Wednesday of the month, and it's uh, usually an hour and a half to two hours, depending on what people have to say. And is it one book for discussion, or do you do multiple? Just one, just one book uh, for discussion. Yeah, and and we try to pick books that are on on Sela and uh, the uh, Toronto Public Library, if it is in audio format, uh, Human Voice. And uh, it is also in large print because we have one or two people that that do have low vision and do read uh, large print, and they prefer that to listening. And as you know, listening to audiobooks can be somewhat uh, difficult at sometimes, depending on the narrator. Mm-hmm. And is there a method for how you uh, choose the books every month? Um. It's mostly from uh, recommendations of uh, the people that have joined the book club, but uh, we, because we operate out of the Deer Park Library, um, we have the head librarian there to um, look at what's happening in other book clubs, et cetera, and make some recommendations for us. And uh, usually, um, well, they try to get some Canadian authors in there as well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we get a list of about 20 books, and I put them out to the members. And then they um, choose which ones they for the 10 months they want to listen to. We uh, do a synopsis and everything, so they can they can see what uh, what uh, genre is of interest to them. So, do you pick the 10 month uh, books for the months? All in advance? All in advance. Oh, wow. We get the list from uh, the library and the recommendations from the members of the book club. Uh, I I put up the list together, send an email, and ask for what uh, they prefer to listen for the uh, the year. That's an interesting approach. If there are any new books that come out, uh, etc., we make a list of them, and then uh, the year after, we uh, list those as books we should possibly be listening to mm-hmm. yeah it is an interesting approach because um it's a totally different feel to have a book list ahead of time for the upcoming year i mean obviously uh, everyone gets an input on what ends up getting chosen um yes. but you kind of know what you're looking forward to yes and well one of the problems we've encountered is that uh, uh sometimes i mean on sila the books are available always if right. we can find them in a human voice um, sometimes they are not, and we have to go to the Toronto Public Library, and uh, there may be human voice there, but there may be a waiting list for some of them. Right. Same thing with the large print books. And so uh, people want to know ahead of time what they want to read so that uh, they can uh, prepare, basically. Okay. That's interesting. And um, is there a theme for the year, you know, or do it- not necessarily like no, not necessarily at okay. all. It's it really is up to the members what they they want to listen to. Now, for, 
for you personally, Peter, how many books do you get through a month? You know, I've I've been busy on another project. Uh, I'm doing some math stuff for young people, and so it's taken me a while to do this. Uh, but I tr- I I try to do about two to three a month, and uh, a lot of the books that I get too are from PAL reading services mm-hmm. because I like uh, to read uh, French novels that have been translated, but you cannot find them in audio or audible or anything. So I will uh, use PAL reading services to to read some of those. Uh, yeah, shout out to PAL reading services, always doing an amazing job. Our very own Danielle McLaughlin they on do, our they network. They do, don't they? Yeah. Yes, uh, one of the voices and volunteers. So because you're such an avid uh, reader, like two to three books a month, I can't even get, I can barely do one during the summer. I'm finding it very difficult to um, stick to just audiobook listening. But do you take a lot of recommendations, Peter, or do you kind of settle into what you already know and things like that? Uh, it's mostly, uh, I, I look at books that have been there, that are coming out. I mean, the things I listen to uh, on my own without, you know, the uh, book club, uh, members recommending, et cetera, are usually nonfiction because uh, some nonfiction is not available. I, I, I like to read science books, and they're not available in audio, or if they are, they're on Audible, and of course that's uh, costly. Uh, but uh, I do get them that way sometimes, so those are the ones I, I tend to read. But as far as novels go, I tend to go through one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the others would be nonfiction, right? And as I said, my interest is in math, and that's that's what I try to uh, read as well. So, can you which explain is not so that easy to can, get? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, give us an example because um, I'm I'm really am wondering what that means. Your interest in math and how that well, you translates know, like, to reading uh, a book like The Universe Speaks in Numbers. Yes. Okay. Is you know it's uh, a little bit of uh, physics and a little bit of math. But it's a description of how the universe works and how math is used to help us understand uh, the universe. Are that there kind of, that kind of stuff? Are there parts of that book that are hard to translate in audio? Um, yes and no. I mean, you know, um, if um, many times they refer if you, if you download the um, uh, PDF files, etc. You can look at the pictures because they will refer to pictures, things mm-hmm. of that sort, and so it makes it difficult from that point of view. But, but I, I'm not terribly interested in that. I try to get uh, some idea of what is happening more than the, the, the details. Yeah, that's fascinating. Now I've avoided math pretty much my entire life, but it seems like a different angle to think yeah. about math, more like the. Um, mentality of uh, or the use of math in kind of everything well there are some very good books by uh, an author uh, from england Uh, she writes uh, on uh, things that are happening in math and tries to do it for younger people to get them interested in the subject and uh, her name's uh, chank i've forgotten the the first name now but um but they're they're very good books and uh and and uh, as i said they uh, she can she's such a writer that can can put them in audio format and make them understandable and uh, uh avoids equations but can't give uh, verbal descriptions of them mm-hmm. 
and I think that's of help. Uh, now, if you have the book, and you can use your uh, CC uh, uh, TV cameras, etc., to look at the pictures. Like I have low vision, so sometimes I do get the book, and we'll look at the or PDF file, download the PDF file, and look at the the stuff on my uh, uh, CCTV uh, uh, machine that I have at home. Right, as part of a you know, companion context. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Now, do you have? Um, uh, we know you're you're connecting your math with your reading. Does your uh, preference go beyond that for nonfiction? Yes, I mean, uh, uh, you know, since I was very young, uh, when I came to Canada, uh, I didn't speak uh, any English. I had to learn to read, and uh, and I got very interested in visiting the library because parents could no, not afford books, obviously, uh, as immigrants and so on. So I used the library a lot, and I got interested in in basically English literature, uh, English from England, and started reading the English authors like Thomas Hardy, D.H. Uh, Lawrence, and and others. Um, so that's where my interest began in literature. That's fascinating. Yeah. This... And, I, and I've continued since then. Uh, yeah. You know, math was kind of a side thing to uh, find a job, and and uh, I became a teacher eventually. And and I know that so many of us do this, you know, math versus English thing, right? Are you more interested in, or what did you always try to avoid in school? But um, your interest in English as well as math seem, um, you know, th- like you have a background of both of having to deep delve deeply into both, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, what about right now? Are you reading anything? Well, we're reading for, for the book club. We're reading Our Darkest Night, which is a, a novel uh, set in Italy uh, during the Second World War. And um, it is a very, well, it is somewhat of a love story, but it is... It is a very reflective book by the uh, characters in that they talk about their uh, their trials and tribulations and uh, their thoughts about what is happening. And uh, I think the um, book club members will enjoy uh, will enjoy that one. So that's that's the one we are reading uh, uh, now for the book club. And I believe that was a featured title on the CELA homepage for a bit as well. Um, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I don't pay attention to that very much <laughs> because it's it's hard to um, uh, when I when I use my computer, it's just uh, you know even with Zoom text, it's just very difficult to, uh, right. to navigate things. I find for sure, for sure. And yeah. but you know, you're keeping all that in mind when you say human narrated, um, very accessible. Yes. Well, you know, as as uh, because I uh, I chair the club, uh, I I have to. Uh, make sure that there, there are things that are available. And uh, we, we did try to listen to one or two uh, uh, narrated by machines, uh, synthetic voice, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and nobody really enjoyed that. It was very dreadful. <laughs> so we uh, definitely are going to avoid. But there are, there are books that are of interest that are not available in human voice, and they are synthetic. I don't know if you, if you remember the book Educated. No. By the uh, uh, young woman, uh, Mormon woman from, uh, I think it was Idaho, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, had to leave the family and and become educated, and uh, she 
eventually ended up in in England uh, studying in Oxford, etc. So that's um, it's nonfiction, uh, but it, it was a memoir and and it was very enjoyable. Um, I don't know if uh, I, yes, the title was educated. And I've forgotten the name of the author. Okay. And uh, that was available in synth only, or and that was available in synthetic voice only. Okay, got yeah. it. But people were interested in listening to it. The title, yeah. It, so. Yeah, the story so, sounds incredible. Yeah. And um, I wanted to ask you uh, for nonfiction versus fiction. Do you have a favorite fiction tale or title? Well, we do read. I mean, most of our reading is fiction. Uh, the you know out of the ten books we might read one nonfiction. Nonfiction. It's just yeah, for um, you personally. You love the nonfiction. I, I do myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and usually from Audible because uh, I don't find good nonfiction. Uh, the odd time I do from Sila, but uh, Sila doesn't do many of those. Now the Toronto Public Library does occasionally, so I will use them. But uh, yes, uh, that's that's but. Uh, but the the um, the books that uh, I know that our members have really enjoyed. Um, I do, do you know the Water Dancer by uh, Tanesh Coates? That one I've heard of. Yes. Yes. So that was a, a very interesting read and very good discussion. Uh, we also I and think, um, yeah. When you say, sorry, Nisreen, I think you're still on cue. Thank you. Sorry about that. And when you uh, talk about, you know, going back to one of your points on the the books that you want to find but have some challenges finding, which is why you turn to PAL Reading Services, um, do you find a lot of people have challenges like this? Or is it just particular books that we might want really badly, but they're just not available anywhere? Because that can be pretty frustrating, right? Yes, yes. Well, uh, for in talking to... Uh the people at PAL, uh, Mark says that a lot of nonfiction is not available in um, in uh, human voice narration. Right. And that's why uh, members of PAL uh, get them to read those kinds of books. Now, uh, fiction is, I mean, is available in, in audio format. A lot of it is available in audio format, but not necessarily from SELA. You know, you can find it in Audible and other... Mm. Uh, places, but um, and so people uh, tend to gravitate to reading nonfiction, getting PAL to read it for them because it's just not available. If you want a book on sailing, you know you're not going to find it on uh, on Sila uh, or uh, you know anywhere else. So you want uh, PAL to read it to you. Yeah, something to think about um, because you know if you like things that we had Ian White on the show like half a year ago, and he was talking about the very you know obscure things that he goes down looking into, right? Wanting to read books that are just absolutely not available anywhere, um, and very very long books as well. But just the the topics that he tries to search for are not easily found so you know you mentioned you like french novels translated to english and if you're uh looking for that specific type and you can't go browse a library for the physical copies um where do you go right yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, well that's why i i think so much of uh, the pal reading services group uh, they they do such a wonderful job Mm -hmm. i mean ian is interested in philosophy so you're not going to find too many philosophy books right um um 
a deep, deeper philosophy. You can find popular philosophy once sure. in a while. But especially in human narrated, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, so insightful talking to you and uh, hope to have you back on soon and some of your members of the book club, you know. Yes, and <laughs> it's, it's good to uh, to do this once in a while because, uh, I mean, I, I, I know of, of one author that is my favorite. Uh, he doesn't get as much... Uh, uh, status, I guess, as he should. Louis de Bernier. I don't know if you know. No. Uh, he, he's he's known, well known for uh, Captain Corelli's Mandolin, although the the movie was not very very good, and and people probably don't read him now. But right. uh, but he is a wonderful wonderful reader, and you know, I mean, uh, author, and uh, uh, you know, if you want a discussion again at some time or other about his novels, absolutely. <laughs> There we go. Ending Uh off on a cliffhanger, a teaser for next time chat with you. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time and uh, have a great book club. Uh, Thank you very much. Take care. Peter Satsanis is uh, the host of Peter's Book Club, and you can check that out through the Toronto Visionaries, the CCB uh, chapter, and that you can uh, go on their website, torontovisionaries.org. I'm Ramia Amazon. That's the end of today's and this week's episode of AMI Audiobook Review. We'll be back next time. And until then, happy audiobook listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.